I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for What's Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Emerson! Good morning, Breakdown Podcast. Um, live on Red Army Radio. Um, and podcasts, uh, if you listen to us as well. Um, my name's Johnny, I'm with Dana and Elliot. Um, having a few technical issues, but what a disastrous week it's been for Millsborough Football Club. Um, back-to-back defeats, um, defeat in the league against Brentford, and also a defeat against, last night against Crew Alexandra. Um, I want to start things off, guys. I want to start things and talk about Brentford first, if you don't mind. Um, I felt the game was a game of two halves, but I want to start off with you, Dana, if you don't mind. Do you think Borough were a bit unfortunate not to win the game on Saturday? Well, we should have had a few. Um, well, we should have had a goal or two. Um, you know, we obviously that um, handball goal. I think it was fairly dubious. I'm I'm not sure really what the um, what the linesman or the referee saw. I mean, I've looked at it time and time again. It looks like it comes off the Brentford um, player's head rather than Ashley Fletcher's um, arm. And Fletcher said after the game, you know, if he gave handball, then why didn't he book me? Mm. Um, and you know, if we we score that, and then the offside one's fairly dubious as well. We've seen an angle that Fletcher put on Twitter, and, and it look he looks onside. And then you two 0 up at half time, and it's difficult for Brentford to get back into the game after that. And to be fair, I thought we deserved something out of the game after that first half performance. We looked good. We pressed them. We they looked rattled, um, and we looked good. And it was really promising that first half. It was just the second half. I don't know what happened. Um, I think it was just kind of a result of the press in the first half. We just sat back, we lost energy, and um, yeah, they took advantage of that. I was going to say, Elliot, would you, would you say that Brentford kind of found us out a little bit? Uh, I guess so, yeah. I think probably Thomas Frank um, had, had you know, looked to change things at half time. Um, you know, he probably said we're, we're losing the ball on the edge of our box too many times. Um, so, you know, they, they were trying to play not play out from the back um, as much in the second half and we were obviously tired from doing it in the first half um, as well as obviously the the points Dana mentioned with the, the two disallowed goals um, there was um, uh, another a chance um, which I think you put on Twitter as well Dana to, today um, of, of Johnson winning the ball back and having a shot um, and the you know 
Fletcher and, and Britt were both there. Um, that could have been another chance um, for a goal. I think if we continue in that vein and, and you know, if those two goals counted, it would have been 2 and a up and out of sight. We wouldn't have needed to as pre- press as much in the second half, but as it were, we were pretty unlucky. So I'm, I'm not too mad um, about the defeat. Um, and, you know, Brentford are still a really good footballing team. And when they got in the groove in the second half, um, you know, that that goal was well dispatched and, you know, it was left with an open goal. So. It's just our decision-making, I think. I mean, we, it's like we're getting there. We're, we're obviously playing well in, in patches, but I think in the final third, our decision-making needs to be tightened up a little bit. It's like there was a, uh, Paddy McNair had a shot. He could have played through. I think it was Britt or Fletcher. Um, like you said, that, that chance where Marvin Johnson stole it back. I mean, I, I don't blame him for, for having a shot. I mean, he won the ball back. It's he, he probably thought, well, I may as well have a shot. But I think if he just takes that second to think, then, you know, he could have played through Britt or Fletcher and... I mean, to be fair, I, I can't really, um, I can't really criticise <clears throat> us too much. I mean, it is a, a transitional season, and um, yeah, that that goal though was just disappointing. It was a, a header that uh, Fletcher didn't win. It it kind of came th- uh, from the whole. Uh, it took out the whole of our midfield. Um, Canos sent Shotton for a hot dog, and then he sent Ayala for the condiments as well. And then um, I, I mean. We got in when Canos gets into the box. Housen kind of went goes to press him for. Yeah, it's about three on one man. Yeah, and I, I don't understand it. Basically, leaves Watkins in the middle completely free, and it's an easy FIFA tap in in the end. Yeah, I, th- I thought the, the decision making was poor, um, and there's a couple of things really that I was a bit upset with in terms of not well, not upset. I wasn't like physically crying when I got in, but it was. <laughs> I was just saying, more like defensively, we looked so poor. And I think after like five, six years of just playing defensive football, probably longer than that, um, probably about 20 years of playing defensive football, you'd actually think we were we were half decent on it. But um, Ryan Shotton. Um, <laughs> just leave it at that. Everyone's looking at me there saying, why are you, uh, you slating shots for? But in terms of Shotton, he looked very, very poor. Um, he had a poor pre-season. He, had, he was poor in the game against Luton. He was poor against Brentford um, but in terms of him um, we've had a few questions we've had absolutely loads of questions about Shotton this week um, but one of my friends Bobby sent the message in he said Shotton's performance and his mistakes have been happening due to Coulson being further up the pitch um, do you think that's probably the issue why Shotton's getting called out or do you just think Shotton's just being poor it's a good point actually I never thought about it in, in the sense that you know he's, he's not as covered um, there from, from Coulson um, being back to defend but you know, he still should be more than capable. Uh, usually, a centre midfielder's dropping in. Clayton drops in either side, um, depending on you know whichever team, wherever the team is attacking. Um, I just think he's he's been poor on the ball. Um, his decision making when you know the ball's coming towards him um, is poor, um, especially in that Luton game when, it's, when he went up for the ball. I don't know what he was doing. He like he didn't want to win the ball. He just fell over Got from it. Got caught underneath it, yeah. didn't he? Um, yeah. So. I, it is one way to look at it, I guess, but um, you know, would Dale Fry be th- be the same? Mm. We we don't know. Um, obviously, we haven't seen Dale Fry in a, in um, that centre back position with Coulson bombing on. Um, it could be a problem area for us, but I, I personally don't believe it's true. I think it's just poor quality. It's our press as well. We're going to have gaps. You know, teams are going to exploit the gaps in our defence, especially um, tricky, quick players like Sergi Canos. Sergi Canos had an absolute great game. Um, mm. He was th- there was one moment I think uh, 
he managed to get a shot off from it. He, he took it around about five players, and I was like, on the edge of the box, I think, what's going on? Is it <laughs> somebody going to get the ball back? Yeah, they've, got, they've got some unbelievable players, um, Brentford. And I, I do like them as a football club as well. Like, surprisingly, I think they're the only team really I, I, I don't mind losing against. I appreciate I don't I don't like losing. I hate losing. But I think they're a team where you think um, they're more respected um, and they, they definitely deserved. I think the victory in the special in the second half. I think in the second half they, they changed their whole tactics completely. I was speaking to, to Yaff about it before before we came on there. It just seemed when they came on they moved about ten yards up the pitch. Um, the broke out press. We were winning the press in our own half rather than in their half, um, and we just made, we just couldn't create anything. So really, it was probably coming that they were going to score um, but there was a lot of positives in that game I thought in terms of Ashley Fletcher Marvin Johnson Paddy McNair um, is there anyone else that actually stood out for you or would you just say it was probably those three um, in the Brentford game I mean they're the, the kind of standouts um, I can't think of anybody else really who had uh, a great game I thought Colson played alright uh, especially in the first half um, but you know everyone else I think was in had a fairly decent game. The second half was overall poor performance from the team, but those three were standouts. Yeah, I think Paddy McNair was probably the best player on the pitch, and I think the past two games, we, we put a poll up early and 66% of people said that Paddy McNair has been our best midfielder in the first two league games, and I can't really disagree with that, to be honest. I think you saw last night, um, it shows how valuable he is to our, our midfield at the moment, because you take him out and we just have no energy and no drive in midfield, and to be honest, I've been quite surprised with Paddy McNair because I didn't expect him to start the season in midfield. I, to be honest, I thought it would be Savile, but um, he's, he suits our system down to a T. You know, he's got that perfect blend between um, attack and defence, and you know, he's he's taken his opportunity. And I definitely think he's been our best player in the first two league games. I, I was going to say, I imagine saying at some point last season um, that Fletcher, Marvin Johnson, and, and uh, Paddy McNair would be, you know, because they're just either they're out on loan, they weren't playing, or you just wouldn't have imagined it at one point, um, but probably three of our first names on the team sheet for for this weekend, along with with Randolph. So. Yeah, I think I think I, I definitely agree with you on that on that point. I'm going to come on to probably uh, McNair and Fletcher and Asamvalunga and and that and in a second when we talk about crew, which I probably lose my head about to be honest. But um, get the popcorn out. Yeah, put, yeah, put you need more than popcorn. Um, <laughs> to be honest. I was going to just touch on Hayden Coulson just before um, I move on. and I think with Hayden Coulson, you can definitely see a player there. You can definitely see someone who's, who's going to really make it his own. Um, for me, I just don't think... You're right, Danny, you just split you are. <laughs> I'm trying not to make a noise. <laughs> um, but for me, Hayden Coulson, it's more or less of... He's got bags and bags of talent. And playing in a left wing-back position with an inverted striker, he's going to get taunted a bit week in, week out. doesn't matter who you play against... Someone's going to in professional football. You're going to find that very quickly and just put two v one, split him and shot and or play shot, um, split him and friend, and it'd be easy for them to just attack down the right hand side. Um, I think this whole inverted winger system is just not working for me at the minute. It might work. It might eventually click eventually. But when you're playing a striker in that position, especially like Fletch, um, they always want to be in the more of the center of the goal. That's where strikers should be. That's where. That's why that's why you score most of your goals. You're in the centre. The centre. You don't really score from goals from out wide unless it's very lucky. Um, so ideally, I'd prefer it if we ditched that system a little bit with the inverted striker and play more of a winger out there. I think Marcus Brown would probably 
be a good fit into that system. I think it was quiet last night a little bit, but not everyone played terrific um, yesterday. But actually, let's, let's you know what, let's just move on um, before I finish that point. But let's play with actual wingers rather than just playing with strikers up front. Um, but let's chat about um, <laughs> last night, Elliot, and you give me a look of just absolute despair. Um, what was your thoughts on a? <laughs> what was your thoughts on crew? Um, it was just very poor overall. I thought um, we deserved to be two 0 down at half time. Um, you get the cliche that goes around that you know a couple of upsets are going to happen, and the professional football players know that, and and they still come, they still came out, and it it just almost felt they almost felt as if they just had to turn up and we'll beat crew. Um, and because it started a little bit brightly, and Steve Walker was getting a few shots off, that you know they probably thought oh, well, the, the goal's going to come at some point. Um, but Crew, you know, slowly got back into the game. They were creating chances, and when they got the goal at that point, they, they deserved it. Um, the pinball, yeah, <laughs> the pinball goal. Um, to be fair, the second one I actually didn't see because I went down when the first goal went in. I mean, that's uh, a standard concourse. So, um, <laughs> so the second one I, I didn't see, and I, I don't, I don't want to watch it back. Um, whatever happened, um, but I, I, the subs made a difference in the second half, as we've already said with with Fletcher McNair um, playing well in the Brentford game. I thought they played both brilliantly um, in the game last night as well. Um, it's weird to actually see one of our centre midfielders beating a man. <laughs> I've seen that in a long time. Um, he was just running through crew players and just holding them all off. Um, and you would believe that Salah would have the quality to do that. Um, and he, he just doesn't. He, as soon as someone came in front of him, he would pass straight back. He'd, um, I think across across the rest of the pitch, I thought Marcus Brown and Tav. Um, and I know I was kind of bigging up Tav last week, and, and Dana was you know saying about this kind of average situation. Um, and I thought again, I, I agree with Dana now. He was pretty average last mm-hmm. night. Um, him and Marcus Brown, the issue for me last night with them was um, they just weren't quick enough. They were like getting the ball um, and then just just running back with it. Um, it, it was it was just so strange. They were picking it up out wide and then just thinking, okay, turn. You've got loads of space to rat them, and then they'd run back and just come central and look for a pass to Savile or, or Clayton. It was it was just really really strange. Um, I didn't get what was going on, and like we like we said, there was the press wasn't right um, last night if you, if you want to play this system it looked like some of them just didn't know what to do um, yeah. what the rust so yeah the, I mean the worrying thing is is that was a strong lineup as well you yeah. know it wasn't as if we went out there and played like Reading Spence yeah. Little Mally you know it, it wasn't the under 23s that's players that are going to be involved pretty soon you know as soon as fatigue come in, comes in you know we're going to have to rely on these players and you know it was kind of worrying that the likes of, you know, just Ed Clayton, Savile, Friend, Brown, Dyke Steel, Bull and Tav were all in that team and yet they didn't perform. Mm. Mm. No, I think right in coming. Um for me, I think yesterday it was possibly one of the worst performances I think I've ever seen in about you know, probably legitimate like one of the worst performances I've ever seen. It was worse than Tony Pulis football. It was worse than Gordon Stratton football. It was just worse than Southgate football at times. It was just horrendous. There was no tempo at all. It was flat. It was like don't get me wrong. If you're playing a possession style football, you're going to pass it sideways. You're going to pass it backwards. I mean, you have to be patient. You know, like if teams come to the riverside and put 10, 10, 11 men behind the ball, you're going to have to bide your time. You're going to have to eventually. It's going to a game of chess, really. You're going to eventually find the system and get a shot away, and hopefully you score. But there was just nothing. There was absolutely nothing. Clayton was coming too deep. Savile and Tav were pushed far too up 
um, which created a huge gap in the centre midfield, so it, it forced you to be sideways. Um, Baller and Dyke Steele, they got absolutely slated first half, and I didn't I didn't really understand it as much. Um, I haven't really seen the game back to actually fully analyse it, but for me, it came across as they were just playing it safe, and when you have your debut, you tend to do play it safe, you don't really try and set yeah, the world on idea. Bombing on either they've just been oh. yeah. Well, they both did it like towards the end, and that was when you kind of seen a bit of the potential a little bit. And I, I am team Mac Ball. I, I want him to play left left back. Uh, we've caused some pushing up, uh, hence the point that I men- mentioned about a couple of minutes ago. But just the first half, it was absolutely awful, awful. It was. Um, I know. I know. Obviously, Woodgate's like set them at half time. It was power, but even the second half wasn't that much better. To be honest, we only really turned up the last fifteen minutes. Um, I think Fletcher and McNair definitely made the difference. Britt, when he first came, when he, he moved himself about a little bit, then he, he kind of faded off a little bit more. But that's expected with Britt. He's not, he's not a type of striker to be active for 90 minutes. He's going to be active probably in the box um, of his one-on-one um, or offside. Um, <laughs> I was, I was going to say Britt, Britt was coming. No, no, he had to come deep as well and picked up the ball last night. Um, and then was just kind of doing little layoffs because we couldn't get up further enough the pitch to kind of whip it into him. So. But yeah, it was, it was the same with Fletcher as well. Fletcher was coming into centre midfield and then I would look at Savile and Savile's playing back to goal all the time. I was like, what? why? Like, in terms of like, if you're looking for the ball and you're trying to press forward, get on your side and open your body up and look to play forward. George Savile literally had his back to goal all night. He was passing it sideways or even losing the ball. I was just like, yeah, I think it's sums it up. That's, that's, that's said the better really about his performance, but I want to come back a step in a second. But go yeah, on. I think it says it all when like I wasn't able to get to the game, but um, I was looking down my timeline, and even the most positive of supporters were were, were absolutely laying into that performance oh. last night. Honestly, like I, I know, like I'm quite a bit of a pessimist a little bit, but I've grew up with that because I've seen I grew up in like a generation where it was, end, it was coming at the end of the Brian Robson era where it wasn't particularly great, but you know we were still Premier League, we were winning a couple of things. McLaren, more successful time in Boris history, seeing us win a cup, what went well, obviously Europe and everything like that, and then we're seeing us get relegated. So I've seen the ups and downs, but that was just so bad. It, I, I, I know I don't even think I'm overreacting. It was that. It no, was no that I think the, re- the reason why you're not overreacting as well is, is like Dana said, if that was the under 23s, it wouldn't have been. You would have said it was a bad performance still, but you'd have been like, well, it's the under 23s. But there was a, seven or eight first team players who should be in and around the first team and mm. it was their chance as Woody said to stake the claim and I don't think any of them did at all it, 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 the, the lineups just going to revert yeah. to type again on the weekend Was there so. anyone that impressed you last night? Well I was slightly impressed I was happy with Fletch Fletch McNair obviously I thought Brown had a quiet game but I could I can see where Baller and Dyke Steele are going to be effective. Yeah, um, I thought them two were, were okay. Baller a little bit better, obviously got in there for the goal. Um, I thought Friend had, had a pretty good game himself. Yeah, Nathan um, Wood. Yeah, I don't think either of them done anything wrong really. Um, Friend was just calm and composed as always, um, and he he looks kind of natural to a centre back position. So. Um, I, I think them, but it was mainly I think the the worst performers were obviously. Um, Savile, Tav, um, Gested, and I, I'm, I'm going to have just a t- tiny little rant because I, I don't Wait, know how we're doing, we're doing for time with, was, with, with no, Gested. No, we've got, Ma- got Miles, um, 40 minutes left. <laughs> 40 minutes about Gested. Wait, 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 so 
these last podcasts, I have I have said about you having a, a love loving relationship with Rudy Gestead, and I've took it a bit too far a little bit, haven't I? Yeah, so and I'm, I'm gonna. That's all gonna come crashing down. down. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. Go on. So I know, like, I kind of play up to you know, kind of loving Rudy Gestead for for once, putting him in my my lineup prediction um, back last season. But I'm gonna absolutely go to town on him now because I I can't stand the guy. Go on, Elliot. So go on. He, he just. I don't know what he brings to the team. I can't recall one good thing he done last night. He didn't like. He didn't. He, he can't win headers. He can't hold up the ball. He can't pass. He can't shoot. He runs slower than. I'd pick any sort of metaphor you want. Than <laughs> pick any metaphor you want. Um, and he's probably our second or third highest paid player at the club. And he he doesn't want to leave. He just wants to see out his contract. I I, I can't wait for it just to be over so he, we can just release him because clearly no one wants him because. There was not nothing in for him over the summer, or but why would you? Yeah, exactly. So, like, why would you? He's, he's on, the thing I was going. Well, I was going to say a shout out to Mark, uh, Ian, and Bobby for submitting the questions because I'm actually going to come with them in a second. But I'll credit you now before I actually go to it. Um, Rudy Gestead is for me. <laughs> I'm trying to like make sure I don't, don't lose my head. I don't, I don't swear. <laughs> want to keep it clean. Trying to keep it clean, <laughs> but for me, I absolutely fully agree with you. He didn't bring anything to the table last night. And for me, as a, if you, I'm thinking of like professional footballer, I want to say I'm not professional. But if you've got that mindset, if you're not playing, right, you need when you need to deliver when you're on the pitch. It came to Tab as well. Tab didn't deliver last night either. Um, when when really he should be knocking the door down and saying, "We'll get Ash should be starting." Then you put performance and like that. He should be really be improving on that. But in terms of Gusted, he looks like he just didn't want to know at all, and that's like it's so painful to watch. Like. Appreciate we, he got he got booed last night. And I think I'm going to come with that in a second, but I don't think you should boo players. But he had fans that definitely had the right to actually boo Rudy instead. And, and if Rudy, if you listen to this podcast, actually do come. I'd love it if you came on this podcast and actually said like what's going on in your head because I just I just don't understand. Like is that the attitude like? Even when he got the ball, it just didn't even look bothered. Yeah, the body language spoke a thousand yeah. words, didn't it? Yeah, it was. So it was like it was almost kind of. I know it's not the same thing, but a Gasser Ramirez um, type situation. I know, and he's not at that level of, of being. It's <laughs> it, never been it, as that good. It, but because it, it, Gasser Ramirez wasn't bothered. You could see in his body language um, after kind but, of all that debacle. But but to be fair though, Gasser Ramirez gave me a lot more fun moments than he did yeah. towards the end like yeah. I appreciate he did get sent off against Bournemouth and he wanted to move like in the board didn't really like give him his wish initially yeah. so hence why he did it but Rudy said has, like, he has no one coming in for him like he's getting paid 40 grand a week doesn't really care Yeah, and then uh, and that, that's the weird thing away for another year and then that's, that's the weird thing because I actually thought he was older than what he is he's only like 29 is he or 30 30 I think um, so like, gonna say if he was saying, if he was like, <laughs> if he was like, if he was like thirty-four, then I could maybe get it. He's he's actually like just giving up on it. Oh, it seems like he's almost giving yeah. up on it. He's 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 thirty. He has had bad injuries. Yeah. But it's like, come on, man! You you've got to try and put a bit of effort in. I'm surprised that we'll get kept him on. To be honest, yeah. When I'm when really when that, that substitute happened, I, I couldn't believe. Like we took Steve Walker off and left it left. Gusted on to play with Honestly, Britain. It was it so made, weird. Uh, to be honest, sorry, you didn't, uh, it made sense to me to take Steve Walker off. I didn't think I like Steve Walker, but I just don't think playing Steve Walker left midfield not going to do him any favors at all. To be honest, mm. I, it, it was it's the easy person to take off. Um, I, pre- I don't I can understand why Woodgate didn't take Gusted off, even though I just I, I can't understand it. But he kept him on essentially just to like 
he's there for like 60 minutes, see what the crackers see. If he can, you're playing against six foot two defenders, he's going to try and cause a little bit of damage, but he didn't do anything. But sorry, Dana. Yeah, I was just saying when I saw the lineup, I saw Rudy just dead leading the line. I was like, well, we're effectively waving the white flag before we've, hmm. we've even kicked a ball. It's like, he's not plan A, he's not plan B, he's not even in the alphabet as far as I'm concerned. I don't know why he's still at the club. He blocked that move to Millwall for, I mean, I, I don't know why. I mean, he, he just shouldn't be here. Like Elliot said, he's he's supposed to excel in like aerial duels. He doesn't even win the ball. Mm. It's like £7 million for a player whose best contribution to this club has been those rehab vlog videos that you posted last season. Shout out really for those. I enjoyed those <laughs> vlogs. <laughs> um, but no, I, I agree. He hasn't, he, hasn't, he hasn't done anything in... That's the worst thing, seven million. What you just said there—it's um, ridiculous. Just—I was going to say I'll come up with the question. Really, yeah, I think we're all thinking about it, but I think Ian submitted it initially, and I think Bobby, when he texted me saying the same thing, um, would if it was right. I think it's right for all parties. But would you give Gustav an early release and just pay him off if you're in the board's position, or can we even afford to do that? Um, depends on what's left on the contract, but if, if if it works out that it's going to be cheaper than paying him 30k a week or whatever he's on, then probably won't be. It'd probably be the same same amount. Um, then, yeah, it's one of them. Obviously, the window's still open. Try and flog him with the guys. <laughs> <laughs> Try and do something like that. Just because obviously no one's no one's coming in for him in this country. Just uh, you might as well just go to like Saudi Arabia or something or whatever. Got one of these leagues where he, you know, China. Yeah. Belgium or something, something Ch- like that. Somebody in China will probably pay more than what we paid to take him. No, I don't. Ten uh, mil. No, you're in your dream. Get your contacts on the phone. I know, yeah. Who do you know who plays in China? <laughs> um, but there's, there's probably no one, no one that's going to come in for him at all. And he's just going to be released and he's going to be regarded as probably one of the most hated footballers in Middle history. And the, the sad, We're signing. We're signing. Got, modern, so he, got, he, got, he got voted, didn't he, on, on Twitter? Yeah. The, the sad thing is, the whole sad thing is, Boyfriend's actually started like saying, Rude, Rude, when he came on, on, on uh, against uh, Brentford, like, the fact that we give him a second chance and then he puts in a performance like that, it just aggravates you even more. Like, he might be, don't get me wrong, like, he might be going through, like, we might, we've probably been slating him. You never know, like, he, he could be going through something that no one even knows about. Um, but, you know, like, but you what, what we what see on face yeah. value, and we see on face value, like, he hasn't been good enough. But do you think themselves, do you think the boos were actually justified last night? I yeah. wouldn't boo a player, but, I mean, yikes, he's, he's not the best player, is he? He's, I he's, mean, pro- he's by far the worst player in our squad. Hard, it was hard to defend last night, though. It was, it I mean, really I, hard to defend it. I, I personally didn't boo him. I, I don't tend to do it anyway, but I, I think it was justified. People, you know. Not like you're paying a lot of money, tenner or whatever, for a ticket. But if you paid your money to go, you might voice whatever opinion you want, I guess. So. Mm. Well, yeah, you, you know, yeah, exactly. You pay for your ticket, so you may as well just say exactly how you feel. But for me, it was just... I didn't boo. It was just more or less of... I kind of just accepted the fact that he was getting booed. Um, he, I think he knew he had a bad performance. And I felt when he walked off the bench, it, no one really came up to him either. Like, well, I don't even think Will Gish was going to be honest. Um, which it's it's sad, but come on, you've got to try and play for your move. Appreciate Braithwaite did that initially, but then when he found a bit of interest, he sacked it off again. But when Braithwaite was was on it, he, he looked very good, um, and then he eventually finally got his move. But Gustav, it's just going to be that I'm feeling like going around in circles. But he's probably not going to get that move. He's just going to be released, go to like Blackpool or somewhere, or go to Bruges or somewhere in in Belgium, and just 
end his career. But well, Woodgate said last night, didn't he? He kind of, um, I don't know, he criticised a few of his players' attitudes to the game. And I think Rudy just says probably fits that category of player that he was criticising because, you know, from what you two have said, from what I've read, he, he just, he, it's like he didn't really care. He didn't put in the application, which is obviously what Jonathan Woodgate wants and what he said from day one. I think what Borough fans just want is just someone who, Literally gives it everything, to be honest. Um, appreciate there's, there's players that aren't going to be technically great and appreciate with Millsborough Football Club. We're not going to get like Messi and Ronaldo at Millsborough, but appreciate we've got Janinho at one point. It was Brazilian Player of the Year. But um, like if you give it everything, fans tend to you know, give it back a little bit. It's like, yeah, it's um, like Johnny Woodgate when he went... Uh, Johnny Woodgate. Johnny Housen when he went for that um, tackle against Rico Henry. 50-50, yeah. went for the ball, slid into and won the ball from Rico Henry. Everybody loved that. Jonathan Woodgate loved that on the mm. on the touchline. Like that's what you want. You want players that can can give their all, like like Housen does. Mm. But speaking of, I think even though I think Gusted's probably got zero confidence. Um, speaking of other players that don't have confidence, Britt Sombolonga, um, Sky, another penalty. It was actually hilarious last night. If you, if you didn't mention, if you didn't see it. When Britt went to take the penalty, all the the ball boys went up like the stairs. Yeah, yeah, that, that <laughs> Did was, you say that? that? Was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> seeing them going like nearly to the, the back row. Yeah, it, uh, it, was, it wasn't great. But I think when Britt went up to the tip, you know what? It takes guts for Britt to go up after he skied. I think he missed another penalty last season. Skied it. Skied the penalty against Luton. To take another penalty, it takes guts to do it. To but be what fair, what is the crack with that though? Why does it, he keep skying so them? I don't he, understand. I noticed this last night. When he goes and takes a penalty, obviously he does that little stutter. And when he wants to hit the ball, he doesn't hit for he doesn't he doesn't go forward. His body moves back. He leans back. So the power he's trying he's trying to hit it as hard as he can. But when he's leaning back, it's just going to go over go over the bar. I, I don't, it's hard to miss from twelve yards, really, when yeah. you think about it. But yeah. obviously, there's there's pressure and there's me- the mental fatigue and everything like that. But I was going to say, I, I mean, he's got pretty decent composure when he's when he's one on one with a keeper. So it just seems weird that he he's doing that with, with penalties, but. No, it's, it's not a strong point, and uh, I think obviously when we do get an ex penalty, I, I don't think he'll be on them. Um, so. I was going to say, do you think Bridge should be removed from penalties? See, I was going to say, I don't. You know, when Jonathan Woodgate came out after the Luton game mm-hmm. and basically said, "He's my nine, he's going to score the next one." Well, yeah. that aged like milk, first and foremost. <laughs> but secondly, it's like, why would you like if you come out and say that? It's such a bold statement, and it obviously exudes confidence mm. in your main striker. And then he goes and misses the next one. If you take him off, then that basically yeah. is insignificant. It's like, well, Britt can easily say, well, you came out and said this. Why Why have you took me off? Yeah, that's true. I, don't, I didn't uh, uh, remember Woodgate's comment, so he might actually you know, leave it on for that point. Um, but at what point do you say, you know, how many you're going to miss? <laughs> if, if he keeps missing. It's, it's um, a, definitely a confidence thing, 100%. Like, he it's need- going to get in your head if, you t- if, if he takes another one now it's going to be in his head thinking I need I need to score this one whereas he just needs to be relaxed when well, did you see it with Aguero on, um, against West Ham Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the stat was he missed three penalties before that and he took the ball off Sterling even though Pep went absolutely mental and he was just like I need to take this penalty and then he missed it again so he would have missed four in a row and then obviously he was eventually he scored the he scored the, the, the replayed penalty um, but in terms of in terms of Brit We've had so many questions about him as well, and so many qu- uh, questions about Gusted. And I try, I think I pretty much covered all the Gusted questions just with our rant, to be honest, Elliot. So I'm sorry if I didn't give you a shout out. But, um, Britt, is, is he a player? Obviously, he's got he's got no confidence. He needs about a tranquilizer of confidence to get his, his more jaw back. But do you think he should be should be dropped for Saturday? 
Um, you going to drop th- Fob? <laughs> yeah, I think I think this is a, a going to be a, a split thing um, between fans. I think it's going to be quite fifty fifty. Um, we could we could pull that we could uh, put out to all your Borough breakdown listeners out there, but um, and I, I think you're firmly in the camp of um, dropping him. I'll, I'll let you have you say in a minute, but um, I, 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 um, I haven't said just from what you were saying earlier, but you can tell right, me your okay. thoughts in a minute. But okay. um, I, I, I personally wouldn't. Um, I, I don't think from the penalties that he doesn't offer a lot to the team. I think overall during a game he, he offers an awful lot, um, mm. and I do think, even though what you were saying about Fletcher kind of being out wide and does drift in, I think I'd prefer that anyway because that's where he seemed to have been playing well anyway. So I'd rather keep. How it is um, with Fletcher out there on the left, um, playing as an inverted winger um, with, with Britt up there because he is, you know, our, our best striker as well. I do think um, Fletcher could match him this year though in terms of goals, um, or possibly even be you know the top goal scorer this year. Um, but I definitely think Britt's got more than the place um, for for Saturday. I think he's. It's a bit knee jerky to take yeah, exactly, him out, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Like. I, f- I feel like that front three of Fletcher, Britton, Johnson are working really well, and I do take your point from you know the inside kind of forward role, but I think it's suiting Ashley Fletcher. I mean, he, he sh- technically should be on four goals for the season um, with those two disallowed goals against Brentford. Um, I just think it's working. I, I wouldn't take it out. I mean, we're three games into the season. We just we have to be patient with Britt. I think mm. he'll get that. I mean, he's, he's he yeah, is a goal scorer. You look at goals. look at his tally at the end of the season, and it will reflect that. But yeah, keep him in the team, I'd say. Yeah, uh, well, you were right. I, was, I would consider dropping him, but it yeah. wasn't just dropping Brit. I think, I think just the system's not right. And I just I mentioned earlier in the podcast about the inverted winger. I just don't think it works. Um, I think you have to play with with wingers, and because just because on, on a defensive issue, if you've lost the ball, you need your players back up wide to defend. But when we're playing with inverted, like inverted wingers, it's it's ve- central, it's, yeah. it's very central. So you become. You just get caught on the wings, and then obviously wing will have to go out wide. Wing will have to go to the wing. Um, Clayton tries to cover people, and it just causes a bit of a mess. Um, if you look at Ashley Fletcher's goals or what he scored, goal last night in the centre of centre of play is bought is is offside goal centre of uh, centre of play. Um, the corner, obviously, he was he was in the back of the net essentially, so centre of play. His goal against Luton, he was in the centre. It's a natural striker's instinct to be in the centre. It's not going to probably work for him, and it, appreciate Brits like not in the best of form at the minute. And don't get me wrong, he did score against Luton the other day. Um, but I think if we're going to play that system, it's going to have for me that, for my opinion, it's either play one striker and play with Fletcher in the middle at the minute because he's on fire. He can't stop scoring. He's probably the best striker we've got at the minute. And Cavalier, I actually said that when he first signed. I thought he was he had potential, but wasn't going to do anything. But um, he's being he's starting to fulfil that a little bit now, but I think he should probably be the main man if we're going to play that system. But there's also a system where we could play four 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 two four two two two. Um, how many twos it was? But um, we can't we can play with two up front. But it's just is it going to be right and is it going to fit the system at this moment in time? We get exposed way too quickly, and if I'm just like an amateur coach, and I could I could comfortably see what Mills were going to do. I could see it in the Luton game. So I'm, I'm pathetic level one, and someone obviously you've got like Thomas and obviously you've got a Bielsa. They'll they'll sort it out very quickly. So you've got to try and play a different system, but you've got to also have players that are going to run for ninety minutes and 
it's going to be difficult that because I think Middlesbrough will tire out towards the end of the season. So if you were playing wingers, would you prefer to have, as you were saying, I'd about rather, Hayden, I'd would rather you have Hayden, Hayden Coulson and Hayden. Brown as, as the wingers? Yeah, that's it. I'd rather okay. have Hayden Coulson on one wing and Johnson on the other at the minute. I appreciate Johnson's going to cut in, but you've got the option there a little bit. You've got someone who can knock the ball in the box, but you've also got someone who can cut in and try and cause some damage a little bit. But even with Brown, like Brown, even though he was quiet last night, you could see where he's going to excite fans. Um, but yeah, I would prefer to play with with actual wingers. Coulson's definitely, he looks like a player better suited to playing further forward Absolutely. because that kid's tricky and he's quick as well. And I just feel like the fact that he's playing left back and has some has a lot of defensive responsibility, it's kind of restricting him a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit kind of reluctant to really take his man on. Got caught loads. Yeah. It's the gaps, isn't it? It's the mm. gaps from, obviously, because Fletcher's inside, like you said, then whoever's on the, the left of midfield has to kind of cover. Well, it, it's, it looks like it's been Clayton, so it's been Clayton's been moving to the left back while Coulson's been moving up, so then that leaves a big gap between the midfield and the defence, and then you don't have to, be, have to put a couple of players in there and you, you're away, aren't you? You're off to mm. the races, but... Don't know. Yeah, we, we might we might see some tinkering with uh, formations. I can't see us doing a two up front unless it means keeping three um, in midfield. Because the only times we've ever done two up front was when it was a three, a three five two last season. I can't see us doing a four four two. The only time we ever attempted that was when Ayakaranga tried to um, stick a finger up to the fans, basically, and, and saying, you know. <laughs> Do you there remember you the Blackburn game? Look, you got there. You go. We played four four two. We got beat because um, kind of there wasn't the support no. in the middle. Um, so I can't imagine us playing kind of a four four two or like even a diamond four four two or even a four two two two. It's more likely going to be, you know, it's going to be a four two three one, a four three three, um, or possibly a three five two if we go to up front. Um, but I'd. I'd It'll be interesting to see what he does. I think that's probably the the area which we're all probably going to struggle to you know, guess what Woodgate's going to do, that left mm-hmm. side, uh, of whether Coulson's going to be pushed further up or whether he's going to be kept at left back because I think that's yeah. one of the issues where people are always going to keep getting behind. So, mm. Right side, I thought I thought um friend played okay last night. Appreciate it. He's going to get absolutely murdered against someone with pace. Like, but yeah, I, thought, I thought he played all right. Um, but in terms of performances so far... Luton was a draw, pretty much technically back-to-back defeats. Um, obviously, it was a draw against Crew, but we essentially lost the, the tie. Um, those three games in particular, is it a little bit worrying that we haven't got anything from those games? Um, like in terms of like winning mentality, you'd expect Middlesbrough to like really... Normally, you'd expect Middlesbrough to try and kick on from those games and, and at least win one of it, especially win against Luton, but... You know? Yeah, but that game was always going to be tough. Oh, it was a tough yeah. game, yeah. But I mean, is, it, is it time? Is it? Do you? Can you worry a little bit? Are you worried a little bit? About the I, I think. I think quite. A, I don't think quite a few. I think some fans are. Um, I know it's kind of your own little echo chamber, depending on who you have on on Twitter or any social media stream that you use and who you speak to. Um, but I feel like a lot of people are kind of overreacting. It's only kind of three games into the season. If you look at individual circumstances. You know, we we played players last night who probably won't be in the first team come Saturday. Um, we played poorly. We were being complacent. The Brentford game, we probably should have been two 0 up at half time. We were quite unlucky. Um, and then Luton was just an absolute mental game, wasn't it? Of three all. And and to be honest, actually after that game, everyone was quite excited. And and even though it was a draw, it almost felt like when people were really excited by by it after the game. So 
I think after three games, I wouldn't be um, too worried because I think the performances of, apart from last night, the performances in the league games were were decent. Um, and I think obviously the Luton game, like like Dana said, um, that was always going to be a tough game. Friday night at their ground, they just came up two back to back promotions, not beating at home. And then Brentford, probably one of the, the favourites to go up. Um, Blackburn is probably one of the teams that we should be expecting to beat, um, mm. regardless of whether it's they? yeah, regardless of whether no, it's away from home. Oh, they won. Oh, yeah, three okay. two. Um, but yeah, they've lost both the league games, so it's yeah, it's one of these where we should be picking up something now um, and, and kicking on. We've got Blackburn and then Wigan, so you know. it's too early to get worried. Though I think the. The only worry for me was is the fact that our squad is incredibly thin. Yeah. That's probably the only only worry. And based on last night, I mean, it's not ideal when you're you're kind of second team the team the the group of players that are going to step up when fatigue and injuries and suspensions kick in didn't perform. But I would seriously like to hope that you know they'd be given a little bit of a kick up the backside after that game and actually perform in the games to come because they can't get worse than that. <laughs> Uh, it, it can, yeah. Well, I remember, I remember under Steve McLaren, I think we lost the first five in the bounce. I think don't even score a goal. Uh, I think that when people kind of saying as well, obviously uh, the season we went up, or was it or the, either that one or the playoffs, we didn't win any of the first five games. You guys might remember more than me, but I feel like the uh, one of those seasons we didn't win in the first five games, and obviously people are probably panicking then. But look what happened. Yeah, well, Crank only won us one one in the first five games. Like that was his I first think that, game, I think that and was the start that, I seen, yeah. And then that was it. He, it was, was mid season, and we really did kick on. Um, we've got a, a, a good question here it's from my friend Connor, and he, he does mention um, with the low expectations and the relationship with the club, um, has Woodgate got more time? It's got quite similar to the Lampard effect a little bit. It, is he going to be given more time than the standard average manager? And we'll get you his connections with the club. Um, but how much time would you give Woodgate? And how much time do you think Gibson will give Woodgate, essentially, if, if things don't go well? Give him the full three years. He got a three-year contract, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So you, you give him the first, the full three years. I mean, this is pretty much alien to the, the players, Some of the, a lot of the players that we've got, because we've just been so used to playing defensive football, that this is the, the flip side, the opposite of it. And it is a transitional season in a transitional period it needs time and you know you can't just expect Woodgate to turn Borough into world beaters you know Rome wasn't built in a day as they say and it's just I mean I I don't really understand I mean I I was looking down Twitter yesterday and people already want him out people want Gibson to sell up it's just a massive overreaction I I mean what I said before um, a ball was even kicked the the podcast before Luton is that we need to manage our expectations and we need to be patient as well. And I still stand by that, even after the Luton game. I mean, it was entertaining, it was enthralling, it was end-to-end. But I wasn't getting over overexcited or anything like that because, you know, we were obviously not going to play like that all the time. It's like we are obviously going to... The press in that game was so aggressive and then in the Brentford game it was more managed and, and it was less frantic. Mm. So you've got to manage your expectations and... Um, I don't really understand why people are already working it out. It's ridiculous to me. Well, yeah, just yeah, to echo that point, really. Uh, what, three, I, three years. I, You'd give minimum three years, regardless. Yeah, it obviously depends on the performance in the league. If it's you know, if we're battling relegation this season, um, then you know, questions have to be asked because you you, mm. you know you don't want to go down. You have to try and do something drastic if it looks like we're going to go down. 
Um, but I don't think that's I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, but I think you know Gibson will know that, um, and I think their their own expectations, even though they're going to come out and say that they're aiming for the playoffs, they're aiming for promotion as they have. Um, and even though that kind of will be the mindset for the players as well, because you want to go out and win every game, I think obviously they know that if we're going to finish mid-table, um, anywhere between you know it's eighth to the fifteenth, whatever, um, then it's going to be a transitional phase, um, and there's still going to be transfer windows where he's got to build. We still, like Dana said, that the squad's thin, and um, even the day before deadline day, he was saying he wanted to add one more. We didn't get it, um, and that would have been to the same position where. Tav, Brown, Johnson, Fletcher playing, um, for example. So we, we need another one there, and there's other positions which we could do with cover as well. So well, Mark is still open, isn't it? Is no, it, it closed the same day, yeah. It closed the same day. Oh, well. Gotta wait until January. I know, yeah, wait until um, But I think the Woodgate thing, and I think it's a good question, really. Uh, I know it's, it's so early on in the season, but if things do go pear shape, it's kind of like. Gibson, where's your money? Really, to think business-wise and financial-wise. If it looks like, say, if it looks like we're going to go down, or it gets to the point where, and I don't think it, they get to this point where, you know, the the football's that bad and the performances are that bad, where a lot of fans stop coming. Um, struggling then, already, to be fair. Yeah, it's like it's not they're not setting the world alight. It's mm. like we had got less percentage than we did last year already. I think sure it was already going to because people probably dropped off season tickets um, I think there's only 14,000 as the season tickets um, and then the Brentford game was 20,000 overall so put 6,000 walk up or you know, maybe there was a couple of hundred Brentford thrown in there as well but um, I think that's going to be and it was the first home game so I think the standard's going to be in, until obviously you see where you get further in the season and they tend to go up or down depending on where you think you're going to finish um, 18s, 19s maybe Mm. Gibson's yeah, a patient man, though, isn't he? Except um, when, obviously, yeah. Gary Monk, yeah. <laughs> poor Gary Monk. But um, yeah, he's a, he's a patient man. I don't think he'll pull the trigger or anything, or you know, be like, "Yeah, bye, we'll get." It. I don't, I don't think that that's the situation that we'll find ourselves in. Mm. Hopefully, mm. not anyway. On the on the flip side, I think Nicola Mandic sent us a question. Said, um, "Can you, do you think Millsborough can potentially reach, reach the playoffs this season? If not, why not?" Obviously, that's the complete flip side. That's if all things go rosy. I think I think there's potential for it. Um, I don't think I think squads similar or worse have probably been in the playoffs before. Um, if you have that team cohesion, um, play well, get a, get a good run. Um, players are on form. You know, a lot of teams in the championship have done it. Um, obviously, at this stage, it looks like that's kind of far off. Um, but who knows? It, it's two games out of forty-six. Um, mm. Teams uh, often go in on ten uh, ten games unbeaten in the championship. They go on runs of three, four, five, six game winning or losing streaks, as we seen last season with that six game losing streak. So I forgot you, about that. Yeah, so if you can, you know, if you can yeah, get little runs like that going, um, why not? But I wouldn't expect us to be in the upper echelons of the playoffs that are battling the ones that miss out on automatic promotion. It would be. You know, fifth or sixth potential. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it depends as well, you know, the business that we do in January. I think that can make or break our season. Remember when we signed Gaston Ramirez, he effectively mm. got us over the line. Um, it depends, you know, our business in January, but I agree with Elliot. I wouldn't expect it. Okay, fair enough. I was going to say, my, my money's still on mid-table and hasn't hasn't really changed anything yet. Um, it, it might change. You never know. I'm going, I'm going to Blackburn on Saturday if you 
If any Borough Breakdown fans are there, you can come and come and see us. Um, get a selfie get with a, Johnny. Get a selfie with Johnny. Five pound a pop. Um, <laughs> um, now let's let's chat about Blackburn. Though. Let's move on to that. Um, Tony Morbury's Blackburn Rovers. Stuart Downing is actually there now. Quite a post start to the season, but. Have you guys done a bit of research on them? Are we gonna yeah. jump into this? Go. Um, do you want to go dinner or? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, well, I was kind of reading in a little bit, and and their defence is under massive scrutiny at the moment. Um, they loaned Captain Charlie Mulgrew to Wigan, um, which was a a weird deal in my opinion. Um, I think. Darren Lenahan is out injured as well. Um, I was just looking through the Rovers hashtag on Twitter, a few people saying abysmal, a nervous wreck, no matter who's in it, a major issue and a mess. Somebody even um, compared Blackburn's defence to a pint of Carlin left out in the sun, which was interesting. <laughs> Incredible. Um, but because they play with, with high um, full-backs, they get caught out time and time again at the back. And to be honest, if I was Borough's you know, front line, I'd be licking my lips at at the prospect of facing them because they seem incredibly shaky at the back. It, they've had the same problems as last season, but it seems to be a little bit worse because um, Tony Mowbray hasn't really... The Mowbray effect, that. Yeah, he hasn't really strengthened so much. I think they brought in uh, Greg Cunningham and, and I can't remember who else they brought in, but they seem incredibly shaky at the back. And um, Yeah, I'd be... If I was <clears throat> Brit, you know, lacking confidence, I'd be chomping at the bit to, to get involved. Uh, yeah, just to kind of follow on from that with, with signings and that as, uh, as well. Obviously, they got Downing um, from us um, on a free, Bradley Johnson um, as well. So, uh, two very experienced signings there, but maybe a, a lesser quality um, with their age. Um, Sam Gallagher from Southampton, um, young striker, five million they paid for. That's kind of about the only money that they spent um, this summer. Um, and then David Rea went to Brentford, as we seen the other day. Um, I don't know who they exactly replaced with him. I don't know if they just used somebody who was already they in the club. Christian Walton, I think, from right, Brighton. Okay. Because okay. um, I didn't see any kind of big money signings. So obviously, it must have been him on a free. Um, the two results um, was at the start of the season, Charlton at home lost 2-1. Um, Fulham away, obviously Fulham away would have been a difficult game for anyone. Lost 2-0 there. But the Charlton game at home was probably disappointing for them to lose. Um, you know, the Charlton just coming up. Um the formation, I didn't get a chance to fully um, analyse it, obviously being at the match and stuff last night, um, but as we know, they, they play a 4-2-3-1 anyway um, under Tony Mowbray, um, so we know what we're kind of going to get there with that formation. They've we're got a Smallwood and Corey Evans, I think, um, midfield. Right, OK. So. I wouldn't be surprised if Stuart Down never played in that two with Richie Smallwood, by the way, just because just cause his legs have gone and you can see, you can see it. See the ball, can't you? Yeah. You can see a pass. Yeah. They're definitely struggling it, 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 in that midfield that. protection. The, the defence is, is struggling. Um, just reading the match report from the Oldham game, um, the, the cup game last night, and they just said that Smallwood and, and Evans weren't offering the defence any protection. They had two young centre-backs, and um, Mowbray pretty much slated them afterwards, so there goes their confidence. Oh, right. But, yeah, I mean... Um, they, they do look shaky at the back, and I think that's a, an area that Borough can hopefully exploit. I was looking at a stat there. We've um, only Leeds and Swansea have taken more shots than Borough's 31. So I've, I was meant to bring that up. Actually, I've seen a stat about um, about that. Um, I think when it was just league games, obviously, before kickoff last night, we'd had like, the most shots on target out of anyone in the division. Um, and pretty much a, a lot of them came in that, that Luton game as well. So um, positive signs attacking-wise, but um, yeah, we need to work on our defensive um, f- 
frailties as well as we've mentioned with, with Colson bombing on so fair enough um, let's move on then let's do your predictions lineup predictions and score predictions all that kind of fun stuff um, what should we do should we do a, a manager's or what what you think we'll get is going to set up as or would you prefer as um, we'll do your own prediction mine's the same I've, I've, I think what I've gone for is what we'll get to go for okay go on then would you want? Um, so I'll, I'll start. I would, then I'll give it to you. But yeah, what, yeah. What, what, what do you want to do? Um, I think mine's kind of who I'd play rather than what I okay. expect Woodgate to do. But okay, go, go on then, Dan. I'll start for you. Yeah, I've gone for Randolph, um, Housen, Ayala, Friend, and Coulson. Friend will be the only change. Um, so Clayton Wing McNair in midfield, and then Johnson Fletcher, and then British Ambalonga up front. I can't see him making too many changes after that game last night. I think it'll probably revert back to the usual, but because Friend is is back um, and seemingly fit, I think he'll put Friend there because he's a, a left-footed um, player and, and shot. And to be fair, in his defence, he's never going to look comfortable as a right-footed left centre back. So I'll go with that. I've actually went with exactly the same lineup. Um, so I've actually said what I wanted, and she said what um, Woodgate's going to pick. So we, we basically are get Johnny Woodgate out, get me and Dana in the dugout. Um, <laughs> Because we know what we we know what we're doing, so I won't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> no, too far. Um, I left first eleven. Um, I haven't even thought about it to be honest. I just let you crack on. Um, the only only thing that I had a hard time picking is obviously what we've been discussing um, was with Coulson, and I, I was debating whether to move him forward and put Baller there because I do think I was impressed with Baller last night and. Obviously, with doing that, it kind of goes against what we were saying about moving Ashley Fletcher um, central, and then I wouldn't want to drop Brits. So it's kind of you know where does it all fit in? And I just thought the the most logical thing was to keep Colson in because he hasn't he hasn't um, really made a mistake in in either of the two games to kind of warrant getting dropped. I would um, like to so. see that though. I was thinking that after the um, Brentford game, I was thinking if we have Baller left back and then Colson. I wouldn't be way. mad obviously if it happened, but yeah. I think it'd be harsh on. Fletcher if he yeah, that's drop, the so thing. It's, it's like, yeah. do you want to move the front three? I don't think I would at this moment in time. Fair enough. I'll quickly run mine because I've got four minutes left before I get kicked off. Um, so it's I'm going to say Randolph in goal and go Dyke Steele right back. Um, friend and who do I go? Ayala or something? No, I go Ayala. Um, it's it's the lesser of two evils for me. I, I, I don't. I think they're both dodgy. Um, both of them don't suit our style of play. Oh, no. None oh. of our centre backs yeah. actually do. Ayala a little bit. Mm, no, he's, he's too hoofball. Ayala oh, far too hoofball. Yeah, yeah. It says something when Dillafry's best centre back we got. Um, friend with with Ayala. Then I'd put left back as Baller. And so I'll keep quite. I like that back four. I think it'd be solid. Um, going three midfield. I've got Housen, Wing, and oh God, who would I go for? Are you seriously debating this? Who have I said? Housen. Wing. Who have I missed? McNair. Mc- oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I panicked. Um, <laughs> McNair, and then on the wings, I'd go Coulson, um, Fletcher, and Johnson. Neymar. Neymar. Um, then score predictions quickly. Wait, did you just say Coulson? Oh, right, so you... Coulson on the wing. Yeah, I get what you mean. I, thought you, I don't know what... Was, I thought you meant Coulson up front there for some reason. I like that it's caught on, by the way, that tweet. Everyone's been tweeting about Neymar now, so it's, it's, actually, it's actually a thing. Actually a thing. Um, so, quickly, score predictions. 2-0 Borough. Britain Fletcher. 2-1 Borough. I'll say... 1-0 Borough. Um, I'm actually being... Full house. A full house of wins, yeah. <laughs> 
three nil defeat incoming there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right, so uh that wraps pretty much everything up. Um as always guys, like, share, subscribe um to the channels offline, so on SoundCloud, um iTunes what's well, sorry, Apple Podcasts now, um Stitcher, Spotify, etc. like that. Um give us five star rating um in Apple Podcasts as well. That does really help Bora fans um getting us found so you can listen to us as well. Um if you want to listen to this back to um, but that's pretty much it. Middlesbrough have had two back-to-back defeats, essentially. Um, confidence could be down, but Rovers on Saturday, hopefully the Borough can win and do one over um, the former manager, Tony Mowbray. This has been the Borough Breakdown. I'm Johnny Bullock. I'm with Dana and Elliot. Thank you very much for listening. Curtis Fleming is down the edge of the air. Fleming for What's Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Emerson! Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.